You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. Got a special edition of the Flagship Podcast for you today. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined as always by Taylor Estes, the managing editor and fearless leader of Horns 24-7. Taylor, hope you had a great Christmas. We are we are now headed toward the new year. How's everything going? Yeah, everything's good. Christmas was good. It was my first Christmas I've spent in Texas. So that was a, a first year. I usually for the last 15 years been flying out to see my family in California for Christmas. This year I decided, you know what? I'm going to actually celebrate at home for once. So it was really good. How was yours, Chip? It was good. It was good. Family and friends and I think uh, people got what they wanted under the tree and people are happy. And you know, when you get to the end of the year, Taylor, you sort of reflect. We we kind of, um, you know, we we look back before we look forward, right? Before we lay out those resolutions to eat better and exercise and all those things that we'll probably give up on halfway through January. But <laughs> right now, we look back. And so on today's episode of the Flagship Podcast, we we look back on 2021 with some awards. Yep, we some awards. end, end of Red the carpet. season, end of the year. Yep, exactly. I, we didn't come up with a very clever name, though, Chip. We probably should have. Chip and I were going through this. We were talking on the phone for a while trying to figure out our awards, but we never thought of a name for our awards. So end of year. I mean, Flag. we could, since we're horns 24-7, we could call them the hornies, but that's probably mm. probably not, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about saying that. So, so we'll, we'll just, just stay with awards. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, if if you, the listener, come up with some, some ideas for names for these awards, great. Uh, but we will get on to the actual awards because we got 12 of them and... We're going to lay them out for you right now. Taylor, you want to lead us off? I will. So, Chip, I think we have to start, especially with the timing of when this went down. But our first award uh, for the end of 2021 is the Most Expensive New Year's Party in Texas History Award. And this one goes out to Chris Del Conte, Kevin L. Tyfe, and Jay Hartzell coming up with $77.8 million to replace the UT football staff and hire Steve Sarkeesian and his guys. And we have to lead with that. I mean, that happened, what, two days into 2021. And so this was a big deal. Yeah, this was January 2nd. Um, it came down. Tom Herman was was being let go and Steve Sarkeesian brought in Tom Herman, $15 million buyout. His his staff, another $6.6 uh, to buy them out and then you bring in Steve Sarkeesian at 34.2 million and his uh, coaching staff um, at over 20 million and and what a crazy um, season I mean I'll, there's always anticipation and excitement of course Steve Sarkeesian's coming off the the um, national championship at Alabama where he's you know, dialing up plays to Devontae Smith to the tune of, you know, 12 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns in a half as Alabama destroyed Ohio State. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, growing pains in year one. You get the four and one start. There's excitement, a 28-7 lead against Oklahoma, and then it just turned into the most bizarre uh, erratic season, the longest losing streak in a, in a season since 1956, six straight losses, but um, had double-digit leads in the third quarter on the three best teams in the Big 12, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and OU. So some things to get excited about, and we'll get to some more of the uh, individuals, um, you know, who 
fans should be excited about going into to next year, but no doubt about it. What a new year's party to start the year for Texas football expensive, but, um, you know, each fan listening to this show can decide if it was worth the $77.8 million. Uh, but it's going to take time, obviously. Yeah. Take time. So probably, probably a little too early to say if it's, you know, excited or not on this one, right, Chip? I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. I think if you're a Texas fan and, you know, um, the, the way that the football program ended the year with the signing class, you know, that that alone shows that these coaches may be worth giving a little bit of time to, you know, get some of the, the wrinkles ironed out and um, instill their culture. But this was a huge, a huge, you know, change. And I'll never forget the day it went down. And well, I guess the 24 hours, 48 hours leading up to this going down. It was wild. Uh, Chip's going to have to write a book about it, I think, one of these days. But. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, it was wild. And and we'll we'll continue to document that story, as we said, in these awards even. Um, Taylor, our second award uh, is the Best First Impression Award given to uh, the Texas women's basketball team and first-year coach Vic Schaefer for reaching the Elite Eight in year one. And this was, you know, they played Oklahoma, a middle-of-the-pack Oklahoma team in February at home. They were up by uh, 11 points with four minutes to go, and they ended up losing that game in overtime. And Vic Schaefer told me, I didn't even know at that point if we had an NCAA tournament team uh, because – they really were dependent on six players. Now, one of them was All-American Charlie Collier, who's six foot five, ended up going number one in the WNBA draft. But teams were game planning to take her away. So you had this group of six, you know, Celeste Taylor, Joanne Allen um, Taylor, and uh, Audrey Warren, the human, you know, living, breathing charge uh charging fouls. I mean, she takes charges like nobody's business. Um, you know, and then you, Lauren Ebo, I mean, it was this ragtag group, but they came together, uh, in March Taylor, they, they got into the NCAA tournament, um, which was being played in San Antonio because of COVID, which played to the Longhorns benefit. And they took down number three seeded UCLA, a bigger deeper UCLA team and then took down the highest scoring team in the NCAA tournament, Maryland, the number two seed, uh, which had been averaging over 80 points per game, held them to 61 and reached the elite eight. And it was so improbable. And, and Vic Schaefer said that it meant more to him than, you know, any other season. And he's reached the national championship game twice when he was at Mississippi state. Yeah, I mean, this was a huge, you know, uh, solid first impression, I guess you could say, because it kind of had the ups and the downs. But, you know, the saying in college football is people remember November. Um, and, and you know, I, I don't think this saying in basketball, but people, you know, what matters is when you get hot. And a lot of times, if you, you know, the teams that can get hot right before the NCAA tournament, that carries over. And that's exactly what happened to Texas women's basketball. It's a good point that it shows defense comes through and uh, when it matters most a lot of times. And as you mentioned, you know, being able to not only take down um, the highest scoring team in Maryland, but holding them to 61 points um, in the Sweet 16 last year, that was really impressive. You know, obviously the Elite Eight matchup was a little bit different against uh, number one seed South Carolina, but still for that to happen in year one, it's um, probably not very uh, high probability that that's going to happen, but it did for Texas. So kudos to Texas women's basketball and Vic Schaefer to getting off to a solid start there. Um, my next one, Chip, is it's another uh, basketball one, but it's going to be a different tune. The Home Run Hire Award, and that goes to Chris Del Conte for swiping Chris Beard away from Texas Tech. And I think, honestly, my favorite part about this award is he took, you know, one of the hottest names in in college basketball and got him to come to Texas at McDonald's. <laughs> and that to me is pretty awesome. I mean, it's got to be like a sub award for, you know, the cheapest uh, breakfast date in the history of college athletics, potentially 
um, for our coaching hire change. But this was home run hire award. And, you know, I think it's going to pay off in the long run for Texas basketball. Yeah. I mean, Bill Self told me uh, a funny story. I mean, he's known Chris Beard since Beard was at Seminole Junior College, uh, helping to helping Bill Self get players when Bill Self was the coach at Tulsa. And, and so when Beard made it um, into the NCAA tournament and upset uh, Purdue when he was at UALR, University of Arkansas, Little Rock, he sent, uh, you know, Bill Self was like, most coaches would take their team out to the best steak dinner they could find. And mm -hmm. he said, Beard sent me a picture of him and his team at Whataburger. <laughs> and and that's that's Chris Beard. I mean, he he takes his job seriously. He does not take himself seriously. You know, one press conference, he was talking about how um, he made it through Texas and got his degree thanks to Cliff Notes and was was like, does anyone know what Cliff Notes are anymore? Yeah. Yellow the internet black. now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was hilarious. He's he's hilarious, but he is intense and um Obviously, in his first five years at Texas Tech, in year three, he goes to the Elite Eight, um, or no, in year two, excuse me, year three, he played for the national championship and is is already a proven commodity and, and said the moment he was hired at Texas, his alma mater, where he was a student manager, student assistant coach under Tom Penders, that, you know, he wanted to bring the best players in the world to Texas. And, and honestly, Taylor, he came to Texas because Texas has the brand to be able to recruit the best players in the world to Kevin Durant. Um, and, and they're a Nike school and right. Texas tech is an under armor school. No one really talks about that, but uh, the Nike AAU teams have more cachet than the under Armour AAU teams. And so the connections between the shoe companies and, and players coming up in AAU and where they go to college, all that stuff matters. Chris Beard was, was ready to come home. And I don't, I can't remember a, a hire that was more universally accepted by the fan base. So yeah, home run hire award to uh, Chris Del Conte uh, for hiring Chris Beard and you're right. It all started at McDonald's in Plainview, Texas. That's I couldn't remember the city it was in. I knew it was a small town, but I didn't know where. Yeah. Plainview, just outside of Lubbock. So, um, all right. Our next award. How about this one? Didn't see that coming. The national championship won by the Texas women's tennis team, which featured five freshmen in the singles lineup when they took the court at the NCAA championships in Orlando against um, a Pepperdine team with four super seniors. Those are players in their fifth or sixth year because of the COVID COVID red shirt um, that the NCAA afforded, uh, you know, 2021 athletes. And, and those freshmen proved to be, I mean, talented beyond their years, poised beyond their years, Lulu son, uh, the freshman clinched the national championship for Texas. Peyton Stearns played number one uh, for Texas. Howard Joffe deserves credit as the coach for recruiting all those freshmen, two of whom Taylor have turned pro um, after that NCAA championship. But fear not, Howard Joffe has brought in, and you're going to love these names, Bella and Alura Zamaripa, the Zamaripa twins. They've already won four professional satellite doubles tournaments and are two of the top recruits in the country. Who knows how long Howard Joffe will have them, but they they come right into the lineup and and Howard Joffe has got it going. And, you know, winning that national championship in women's tennis helped Texas ultimately win the Director's Cup, which is massive because that's for best all around athletic program. Um, and they broke a 25 year grip on, you know, Stanford's hold on that director's cup trophy. So, um, we don't talk about them much, but that Texas women's tennis team and those fabulous five freshmen, Taylor, huge winning the national championship. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, Chip is the country club kid here, so I'll let his uh, saying about all of that. But yeah, kudos there, Chip. Um, the sixth one that we have for the 2021 end of the year awards here on the flagship podcast is this close to playing for a national championship award, which goes out to uh, Texas baseball, uh, making that deep run into uh, the College World Series in Omaha after um, sweeping the region, their regional and their super regional, both of which that they hosted, you know, made it uh, through. They were what was it ended up being basically two runs and two losses away from uh, playing for a College World Series. But still, I mean, the fact that David Pierce, you know, there's a lot of fans at the beginning of last season that were, you know, questioning the direction of the Texas baseball program. Um, you know, especially after that start to the season when uh, they lost three straight against SEC teams in the State Farm College Baseball Showdown, and then talk about a turnaround. I mean, this may have, could have also been a turnaround too, because I mean, I, I remember members on Horns twenty four seven were saying that David Pierce has got to go after this season, and you and I both were like, let's tap the brakes. These are some solid teams that they played, and sure enough, uh, they really do turn it around and make a deep run. So. I know, I know there's no such place as a, you know, second place championship trophies, no way about that. But still, the fact that Texas baseball was able to put together that run should definitely not be overlooked. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. I mean, that walk-off uh, single in the bottom of the ninth by Mississippi State in a winner-take-all, um, you know, game to get to the championship series against Vanderbilt and Mississippi State just had it. I mean, Will Bednar, they're, they're – you know, stud pitcher um, just came through in a huge way. But look at the experience that Texas picked up. You know, young players like Pete Hansen, who arguably Taylor was the best pitcher on Texas's team last year from an ERA standpoint, the lefty from California, uh, he's back. Um, you know, Tristan Stevens is back. They lose Ty Madden. They lose some key offense from that um, from that baseball run. Uh, deep in, in Omaha. Remember, they had to come through the loser's bracket after losing to Mississippi State in the opener, had right. to claw and scratch their way through. And, you know, Mike Antico and Cam Williams and Zach Zubia all coming through with big, big hits and and timely offense. And But Tanner Witt, um, you know, Aaron Nixon, young pitchers who got valuable experience and are going to be counted on again this year, Texas, the preseason number one team according to collegiate baseball so a lot of excitement um from that that run in omaha and it was like you said it was a complete turnaround from when they got wiped out by mississippi state at the beginning of the season and, and mississippi state goes on to win its first ever uh baseball national championship first ever national championship in the school's history so um if you're gonna if you're going to go down, you go down to the champs and, mm -hmm. and David Pierce and that baseball team had an unbelievable run and a uh, lot of excitement coming into this season as well. Yeah. I think I may have been off. I think that was number five. Was that number five? Oh, Not number, number six? five. Let's I see think that here. Was. Yeah. That was number five. So okay, let's well do then one more before I break. Let's uh, let's make sure um, that we give the uh, return of the goat award to men's swim coach eddie reese who wins his 15th national championship he's in unprecedented waters he's the best ever to do it he's 80 years old and he he you know jumps into the pool with his team well I, he walked into the pool with his team um but you know he told athletic director chris del conte hey i'm i'm good I'm walking out on top and, and Chris Del Conte said, please don't tell me this. You know, can we keep you on in any form or fashion? And ultimately during the summer, Eddie Reese, you know, Del Conte said, okay, well, what, how, what can we get from you as an emeritus coach? And he's like, well, I'll be there every weekday morning and, you know, I'll, I'll be there for home meets. I just don't want to you know, travel, um, or, you know, be there on the weekends. And Del Conte said, well, hell you, you can either do that for free or you can keep your salary and keep coaching. Cause 
that's good enough for me. And so Eddie Reese still the GOAT and still coaching Texas men's swimming, still with a chance to win a national championship in 22. So huge uh, development for, uh, for Texas swimming and diving. And Eddie Reese has won national championships in five decades, Taylor. 44th year. That um, is absolutely crazy. Unbelievable. And the guys, okay. unbelievable. Yeah, I hope that both of us at some point in our careers, Chip, when we're um, approaching retirement, that we're so good at our job that we try to retire and they're like, hey, we'll still pay you a salary if you just do part of the work. It's like, I don't know, I've accomplished a lot. So Eddie Reese should probably be all of our role models here on how to effectively do your job to where you get paid for as long as you want. <laughs> and that's for exactly sure. what he's going to be here at Texas. For all right. So before, sure. before we get to the second half of our end of the year awards, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around because we've got some really big awards coming up here. We haven't even touched on football season yet. So stay tuned. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's start with the second half of the awards and the King of the Transfer Portal Award. Another award for Texas men's basketball. This one goes to Chris Beard. You know, when he came into uh, the program, and he barely had a roster, let's be honest. And he had, what, a couple of uh, players that stuck around from last year's team, and that was pretty much it. He definitely did not have enough to field a, a complete team, and then he just absolutely crushed it. In the transfer portal, you know, we've talked about Chris Beard's success in the transfer portal time and again on the flagship podcast ever since he took over at Texas. And that extends beyond just what he's done in year one at Texas. That goes back to, you know, his prior starts, Texas Tech and, um, you know, schools even prior to Texas Tech. So uh, King of the Transfer Portal Award, we kind of in the spring chip, I think when they got their like first transfer, I forget which one it was now, but. I remember us talking on the flagship podcast and said, we may need to tap the brakes here, but he's going to be for sure the king of the transfer portal. (laughs) And Here we go. After, you know, not even a full year at Texas, he's landed some really key contributors, contributors who you are currently watching play for Texas basketball right now. Yeah. Yeah. He got Timmy Allen, the uh, all pack 12, um, you know, forward, who's the leading scorer for the Longhorns right now. And, and then, you know, added, um, you know, Devin Askew, the point guard from Kentucky, who's a, been a really good defensive player. Uh, Trey Mitchell uh, from UMass, easily their most skilled offensive big man. And Dylan Dezu, the SEC's leading rebounder at Vanderbilt last season, who's who's just now finally uh, gotten cleared after having offseason knee surgery. And, and Marcus Carr, who was kind of an icing on the cake and Christian Bishop from, from Creighton, who's actually the only player on this Texas roster with an NCAA tournament game uh, with any NCAA tournament game experience. Uh, And that was a big part of the reason Chris Beard. And as you mentioned, he did this at at university of Arkansas, little rock um, with, you know, junior college players, small college players. He did it at Texas tech and bringing in, um, 
transfers who helped him replace four starters from an elite eight team and go play for the national championship the following year. And then this year it was unbelievable. I mean, six of the top transfers in the portal all end up at Texas and, and we're watching uh, that play out now and we'll see how they can come together. Uh, they lead the nation in defense um, points allowed only allowing 53 points per game. It's going to keep them in every single game until they, you know, develop their rhythm and rotation, uh, especially as they get into conference play coaches tend to narrow down their, their rotation, but Chris Beard has, he's got such a full roster that we, we saw this week, Jalen Thompson, a player I really like six foot seven freshman, uh, get into the transfer portal himself because, you know, he wants to play and he wants to play now. It's tough. It's tough to to ask for patience, especially in basketball. I mean, part of the reason that Beard has these scholarships or had these scholarships to give is because, you know, Jericho Sims, Greg Brown, and, um, um, oh my gosh, the, uh, the front court from last year was well they're all they're all Kai Jones they're all in the NBA you know you never know Kai Jones no one had Kai Jones being you know ready for the NBA at that point kind of um you know you never know and so you just have to be ready and Chris Beard because he's such a relationship guy and keeps those relationships with other coaches with um you know, people he's come across through all of his journey uh, in basketball. Cause I mean, he coached small college, junior college, West Texas, East, you name it. Um, he, it allows him to, to quickly bond, uh, develop relationships and develop trust with players. That's what Timmy Allen and, and Marcus Carr told me. So I'm going to, I'm going to trust what they, they uh, told us, but unbelievable job by Chris Beard and Texas. If they just keep developing, uh, could be a could be a surprise in March. Remember, Shaka Smart, no NCAA tournament wins in six years while he was in Austin. So it's not going to take much for Chris Beard to improve on that, Taylor. No, not at all. Yeah, I just looked it up. Texas or Chris Beard added six of the top eight rated transfer portal prospects in 2021, according to 24-7 sports transfer portal ratings. So there you go. Six of the oh. top eight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Our next award. I mean, keeping up with the times, keeping up with the times. And that this goes to Chris Del Conte and to all the UT donors for coming through. Um, obviously, there's been over $600 million in athletic facility upgrades in Chris Del Conte's first four years on the job. And in 2021, the south end zone of Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium was completed. And, and so uh, all these uh, facility upgrades that touched baseball, softball, track, soccer, the, the new athletic uh, Hall of Fame in the North End Zone, which is you know absolutely gorgeous and and so well laid out, and and then of course you've still got some facilities uh, being built. the The Moody Center, the three hundred eighty eight million dollar basketball arena that will be open um, a little later this year, and the new basketball and rowing practice facility, sixty million dollars for that facility will also be done this year, but. Uh, huge year in 2021 to get that that south end of the football stadium done, Taylor. Because remember, uh, the Longhorns were they were like nomads without a locker room. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in 2020 they were in the visiting locker room that Ed Orgeron was complaining about the air conditioning when LSU came to town, and and so it did work. I was in there before the, the game yeah. started and it was freezing in the tunnel. Cause I was like trying to cool off. <laughs> so, but it, it, um, it, that was huge and it's beautiful. I mean, that, that South end is, is, uh, you know, state of the art. So, um, kudos to you, the UT donors who helped contribute 
to these incredible facility upgrades. And now Texas is keeping up with the times, Taylor. Yes, And now I think the next step now, Chip, is let the media go through it. We have yet to see any of the South End Zone renovations because it was still, they said, technically considered an active construction zone. I don't know how that's the case if you can allow fans in there, but whatever. Uh, but I, I wouldn't. I want to see it. I mean, you know, when Texas renovated the locker room um, back in 2017 after Tom Herman was hired, we never got the tour that they kept promising us. <laughs> like literally, like I, I mean, they they said that they were going to reschedule and we had the time set to do the locker room tour, and it got canceled the day of, and it was uh, told to it will be rescheduled and. Lo and behold, we have never seen that locker room or the new one yet. So <laughs> I want to see what this is all about. But no, definitely kudos. I mean, there's no denying that Texas, um, I think, got a, kind of behind the times and complacent with a lot of the facility stuff under previous um, you know, administration that didn't help that Texas had so much ups and downs with the athletic director and that role um, going through you know, ever since the lost odds left. So Chris Del Conte is a man of uh, his word and a man of action. And that $600 million plus uh, price tag in not just football, but facility, you know, upgrades, renovations, that's huge for Texas. And it's only going to help them be more competitive in every sport, you know, moving forward um, because Texas was way far behind the times to say the least. And if you've been paying attention to Horns 24-7, the insider, um, we've been telling you that a new indoor football practice facility could be getting constructed um, between the swim center and the rec center south of DKR. Uh, that is where the School of Social Work is. And it's it could end up being a more drawn out process. I know uh, Steve Sarkeesian would love to have a new practice facility like um, ASAP, but yeah. if they could build it, um, south of the football stadium as opposed to out at Moncrief or uh, Denius Fields yeah. where they have to walk or bus, then maybe they, they wait. But uh, they're going to be moving some buildings, the, the business school, which could allow the School of Social Work to move and a new indoor football practice facility uh, could be constructed close to where, you know, you just have a little tunnel uh, to the to the locker room. Um, so stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date on that, Taylor. Yep. All right. My Our next one, this is my favorite one, I think. Uh, this award is for the That's What He Said Award. And that goes to our guy, Bo Davis, for his since now viral rant um, on the team bus after Texas lost to Iowa State. That was recorded. It should have never seen the light of day. But honestly, Chip, it was, it's funny to me because, you know, I, I, we don't know the specific motive behind the player. We're not going to know who the player was, but behind the player who did end up, you know, taking that video and however it got distributed from there, you know, that's who knows. But I feel like it's probably pretty clear that that was recorded, not necessarily to be a glowing um you know, example of the coaches, but if anything ever brought the Texas fan base together, this especially this past football season, it was that. It was Bo Davis ripping those players because it's like, yeah, let's all agree. That's what, what he said. Everybody agreed with it. No, you know, I mean, there was, you know, unfortunate that it got out. Those type of things should not ever get out. You know, I think um, that shows that, you know, they're still instilling their culture in Texas football, but if that's the type of, you know, reaction that these players needed and that, you know, the fans publicly needed to give, you know, these coaches some time to, for them to realize, listen, this is not some type of national championship program that they took over. This is a program that has been really up and down, has had a lot of on off the field, you know, scandals, whatever you want to call it for a while now. And that was the, you know, glowing evidence or the, you know, glaring evidence of that. However, the response, I think, was the exact opposite of whoever did eventually leak that video because I've never seen fans be more like, finally, somebody said it after the, you know, a coach's MFing players and telling them to transfer and get the, you know, what off of this bus if you're going to joke around after that, you know, butt beating, I'll say. <laughs> and um, yeah, so 
Plus, my favorite part of that rant, though, Chip, was when Bo Davis said, I just got my bleep kicked. Not y'all just got your bleep kick. He took that full accountability on himself. Like he lost that game too. And uh, you need that in coaches and you need the fiery coaches. And um, Bo Davis probably secured himself on the Mount Rushmore of uh, some of the assistant coaches to come through Texas that don't get, you know, a lot of attention as say some of the, you know, head coaches or coordinators or whatnot, but Bo Davis definitely gets the that's what he said award. Cause that was probably my favorite moment of the football season. You yeah, have to ask me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bo Davis was out of breath. He was so hot. He could hardly, you know, reload with enough breath to get out just how, um, you know, how hot he was and, and wanted the, the players to feel that too. And, and so, yeah, I, mem- I remember a bunch of our members at Horns 24 seven changing their avatar to Bo Davis. Um, yep. at that time. So, uh, he got, he got the message across and it resonated with Texas fans and, um, obviously wasn't the, the season that Texas fans wanted, but I think they all have a soft spot in their heart for, for the defensive line coach at Texas. Yeah. They've been, at- I think Texas fans have been saying that stuff on message boards, social media, everything for, a long time of what Bo Davis said, but they just don't get the chance to scream it in these players' faces. Bo Davis did, and it was needed. It was a necessary rant, and uh, I'm always going to respect Bo Davis for that one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taylor, sticking with football, as we mentioned earlier, there were bright spots, and so we give the tip of the spear award uh, to Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, and Roshan Johnson. Um, Bijan Robinson, unbelievable start to the season. The 216 yard rushing performance on 35 carries against TCU, where he, you know, single handedly helped run out the clock on a on a 32 27 victory, and um, you know more forced missed tackles according to pro football focus than any other running back in the country right up until he was injured against Kansas. Uh, He does it all. He catches the football. He runs the football. He does it with humility Uh, and Xavier worthy. Good heavens. He broke all the freshman records for receiving almost broke the single season record of, of Jordan Shipley. Um, you know, 12 touchdown receptions. Remember at the beginning of the year, he, he said he wanted to catch a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. And everyone was like, wow, we haven't seen numbers like that um, in, in a while. And he came up just short of the thousand yards, but he, he certainly over delivered on the touchdown catches, had the unbelievable game against OU 261 yards, receiving three touchdowns. Um, you know, just you could tell he loves the game. He he gets it. And Roshan Johnson, the the all around, um, he, he'd do anything. I mean, if they needed him to play linebacker, he'd play linebacker and probably excel there. Um, but special teams monster, you know, gives Bijan Robinson a spell um, in the backfield at running back can catch the football and. And was playing a lot of wildcat at the end of the year, you know, when Casey Thompson and Hudson Card were both dinged in that Kansas State game. Roshan Johnson did whatever he had to do in that game, and it, it was an inspiration. And so, um, definite bright spots. The tip of the spear award to Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, and Roshan Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think one thing. Steve Sarkeesian has constantly talked about, and you know, obviously I'm not keeping out Xavier Worthy. He's a true freshman, so give him time to develop his leadership there. But he, you know, Steve Sarkeesian all year talked about both the leadership of Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson on and off the field, and they're the type of guys that you know they they do everything right in every single thing that they do to where they've earned the the trust and respect of the locker room. And they need to be the guys that, you know, uh, step up. I think Steve Sarkeesian would like for them to be a little bit more vocal or Bijan probably to be a little bit more vocal, but still 
I mean, those are the, the type of workhorses that Texas really has um, lacked, I would say, in some of the up and down years. And the thing that I always point to, you know, when um, Steve Sarkeesian talks about them being even better human beings than they are football players, which is saying a lot, that's not just coach, coach speak, in my opinion. I mean, um, you know, I've told the story before on the flagship podcast about the time I saw Bijan on his electric scooter. And I would like have like, you know, mama bear cubs and it's like, Bijan, I want to kick that over for you because it hurts if you fall on those. And I know that. And the fact that he sat there, he could have just totally brushed me off and just laughed it off and walked away. And I would have thought nothing of it. But he sat there and talked to me for like 10 to 15 minutes about what happened to me. And it's like, he did not need, like he walked away afterwards, Chip. And I was thinking to myself, like, he did not need to talk to me. He could have just laughed and walked away and I would have laughed too and been totally fine. But like that just shows the type of character that he has. You hear the same type of things about Roshan Johnson too. Um, and you know, those are those are the definition of leaders that Texas really needs. And it'll be exciting, I think, to see the development of the leadership of Xavier Worthy, you know, now that he has a full season of college uh, experience. But the other thing too with that is look at, you know, that was what Steve Sarkeesian picked up, you know, his one uh, technically, you know, high school prospect that he got, I know, is out of the transfer portal, um, or was he, I don't think he was even in the portal, but he hadn't enrolled yet, you know, at Michigan. And, you know, that in itself goes to show that, you know, what Sark sees in the development and talent of players is legit. It's not just uh, he, you know, is at the right place at the right time in his coaching career. He knows what he's doing. So those three will be really fun to watch, I think, in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be the, the tip of the spear for this football team, certainly offensively, uh, as Texas, um, you know, rebuilds with mm -hmm. uh, with all the new players that are going to be coming into the program, Taylor. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, with two more left, the next one we have is the Unsung Hero Award, Chip, and that goes to the Horns with Heart Pancake Factory NIL Initiative which was launched um, a few weeks prior to the early signing period in December. And that's the initiative we've talked about where um, every scholarship offensive lineman at Texas will get an annual payment of $50,000 um, per year that they are on campus and that they are eligible to play. Um, and then, you know, and we're in, uh, on the flip side, you know, they're going to use them for different various charity, charity initiatives to help out in various communities. Um, and other type of, you know, nonprofit type organizations. But the Unsung Hero Award for this, Chip, is because if this this sells itself in recruiting and look at the offensive line hall that Texas added after the Horns with Heart um, Pancake Factory NIL initiative was announced and launched. I mean, you know, Texas had, what, two offensive line commits before that happened. And uh, then they got some of the top guys on their board following that happening. Not yeah. saying that's the only reason that it happened, but it does not hurt in recruiting. And there's no denying that Texas needs, um, as what is Tom or uh, Steve Sarkeesian called big humans or large humans that he likes to say, they need as many of those as they can get. And uh, this is a good step in the right direction. Yeah. The, uh, the six um, UT donors um, that include Rick Vasquez. And Rob Blair, who also were a part of the Burnt Ends NIL initiative for the tight ends at Texas, who um, received uh, $10,000. Each of them, even the walk-on, Nathan Hatter, uh, got uh, $10,000 in NIL money for you know coming, uh, doing some podcasts and appearances and that kind of thing. And this is the kind of ingenuity and gray area ingenuity, honestly, that um, it's gonna it's gonna benefit your school uh, when you got guys who are thinking outside the box, and uh, obviously the Clark Field Collective as well. Uh, Nick Shuley, who uh, has organized that with the help of donors and ha already has involvement from TJ Ford, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Julianne Fawcett Johnson uh, on the volleyball front. And you're right. I mean, the, the pancake factory was announced on December 5th, uh, just 
just under two weeks before signing day. And after that was announced, Kelvin Banks, the number one offensive tackle in the country, signs with Texas. Um, in addition to, you know, Cameron Williams from Duncanville, who had been committed to Oregon. And um, I just call him NATO. And uh, and so, and Agbo, those are the, the four-star offensive linemen who, who also signed with Texas late and, and it's huge. I mean, they're, and they're still, still in the hunt for Devin Campbell, uh, arguably the number one interior offensive lineman in the country who will sign in February. So I'm with you unsung hero award, uh, horns with heart for launching the pancake factory, Taylor. Um, yes, and, no that, doubt. and that leads us to our final award of, the flagship podcast in 2021 and that is the renewed hope award for that 2022 signing class that uh signed in mid-december right now it's a top five class it could go higher we just mentioned if you know guys like devin campbell uh, decide to sign and make sure you listen to our man steve wiltfong our our uh, flagship podcast interview for this week because he talks about how you know you never know who who else could could end up in texas's 2022 signing class but uh, he does a great job and we go player by player position by position so you get a full um you know analysis of this 2022 signing class and taylor the reason you know we've talked about it. Texas has had top three classes uh, in the last five years, two of them, but they weren't stocked on the offensive uh, and defensive lines. Like, like these classes, you know, five offensive linemen, eight defensive linemen. This is the kind of stuff that the great programs, they, they stack classes like this with that many linemen. So that, because remember Steve Sarkeesian said it himself, you're lucky if, 50% of your class ends up being a high impact player. Even in the position groups, you're lucky if 50%. So, you know, eight of those defensive linemen, you're lucky if four become impact defensive linemen uh, for your program. You have to continue to, to reload. Uh, and this was huge. Texas needed a class like this. They need more. They need one in 23 and 24 too, but there is a sense of renewed hope because I haven't even mentioned Quinn Ewers, um, who you wrote about, the highest rated recruit since Vince Young is in this class. Yeah, the highest rated quarterback recruit, um, according to 24-7 Sports. And, you know, with that perfect rating, you, like I said, I mean, Vince Young was the last quarterback to get rated one. And then Quinn Ewers, 20 years later, I mean, the, we, you know, our guys that cover recruiting both um, on the site level plus nationally, you know, they... They don't throw those ratings out just to anybody because of what it truly does mean. And so, yeah, I mean, there's no denying that this is a there's a new sense a renewed sense of hope, I think, within the Texas football program. And you you said it exactly what I was going to say. They need this is the you know year one class. You got to go stack year two, three, four, because that's how you really do turn a program around and you got to get the you know the big guys you have to i mean you win and lose games in the trenches on both sides of the ball and texas has struggled you know on the offensive line has struggled to develop um offensive linemen even when they have in prior under prior coaching staffs you know when they've high and when they've signed you know higher rated offensive linemen it seems like they just usually don't pan out i mean the only two um offensive linemen drafted since 2000 and what was it eight, eight. were both low low three-star uh, you know diamond in the rough uh, type of um prospects and so texas has signed a lot of higher rated ones but they just didn't pan out and this is this is a huge one you know and, and definitely go back and listen to monday's interview episode of the flagship podcast with steve wiltfong because he does a position by position you know breakdown of of uh or player by player not even position by position but player by player breakdown of all that texas did sign these guys are constantly you know not just going off of highlight tapes they're constantly watching these players in person watching them at camps going to seven on sevens talking to the high school coaches talking to everyone you know that they know and 
Um, it's definitely a good interview, but this is a, a good starting point. And the fact that this came after a five and seven season, imagine if Texas gets to eight or nine wins next year. What would Hello. that mean? <laughs> you know? I Hello. Mean, that's a, that's, you know, you have to get credit where credit is due. And I know that some Texas, a lot of Texas fan majority were not pleased with what happened on the field this season, but if this is a sign of what this coaching staff is able to bring and what they're able to sell and then develop them, because they've shown time and again at their prior stop, they knew how to develop players, the majority of these guys, then this is why you give, you know, have a little bit, um, you know, give them a little leeway, I guess you could say, um, to really get their guys in there because this is a, a solid starting point and who knows where this can go from here. Well, and we, uh, we would give you all an award um, our audience, our loyal audience, we appreciate you all so much. Um, I mean, what a what a 2021 it was, and so much to look forward to in 2022 because uh, Texas has made really good hires uh, across the board uh, in the coaching ranks, from Mike White, the softball coach, uh, to Vic Schaefer, we mentioned, the women's tennis coach. Um, Edric Florial, the track coach, who's you know got that program on the verge. So um, they don't get talked about a lot. Even the golf programs, men's and women's golf, um, are positioned well. So it uh, it's an exciting time. Texas currently holds the Directors Cup trophy, uh, and that happened in 2021. So thanks to everybody for. This look back and our awards, our red carpet awards for the 2021 uh, academic school year and all the all the athletics that uh, that played out good, bad and uh, well, looking ahead. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. We'll see you over at Horns247.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Happy New Year. And stay safe and keep the faith. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love, rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.